This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Triple eight seven two seven back. Ah, it was the uh, delicious State mm. of the Union address last mm. night. Mm. Oh, oh, so good. Uh, I think I compared him to Satan on my uh, Facebook page today. <laughs> you want to positively or negatively? In a well, I mean, it's neutral. I just compared him to. I didn't say I let you decide whether that's a, a good or a bad thing. Oh, that's nice. Um, but y- you know, this plan of force. This plan of we will do it for you, we will make sure it happens for you, that is the plan of Lucifer in the beginning. One of them came forward and said, hey, I'll go and I'll give you all the glory and, uh, you know, we'll, I'll pay for the, for the price. The other said, I'll go, send me. And I will make sure everybody comes back because it's not fair for some of them not to. Which one of those plans was accepted and which was rejected? Uh, you know, and then you compare that to the way conservatives think. Uh, you know, that we believe in choice. Like, you, if you are forced to give someone money through taxation from the government, that's a charity. No. You're not being generous. I'm not helping anybody. You're forcing me. That is not the plan. That is, that is not the way to go about this. That is the plan of evil. And, and it just it, it amazes me that nobody seems to notice that on the other side. And that Obama continues to preach it. And I love the fact that all night he talks about how in this country... Uh, you can't do certain things because the elite, I guess, are standing in your way somehow. Uh, they're, you know, 3% have, what was the statistic they put up on the screen? Uh, 3% of Americans have 50% of the wealth. Uh, and that's, yeah, but they pay 85% of the taxation. I mean, it's not like they're not paying their fair share, and it's not like... Because they have that wealth, you can't get it. But anyway, he continues to uh, 
proclaim that you can't make it, that you're not good enough, that we have to do these programs, we have to do these things, I'm going to clear the way, government will help you do it. And then at the end, he actually says we have faith in the American people. No, you don't. You just said we couldn't do it. He has no, faith in the America. He spent the last yeah. hour telling us we didn't do it. Yeah, it's a weird kind of faith. It's a faith that eventually the American people will be smart enough to agree with him. That's it. That's the faith he has. That's it. Um, the only faith he has. Uh, and, it, it, and by the way, the thing you're agreeing with him uh, about is that you can't do it. Yes. So eventually he has faith the American people will agree with him that and, they are not capable. And, by the way, I'm willing to talk about, I, I'm willing to talk about any of these issues as long as you agree with me. Yeah. As long oh. as we agree, I'm happy to discuss it. That was the NRA spiel, right? It was, yeah. uh, look, yeah. yeah, I want to talk with them. But it's got to be a, a substance thing, a sub substantive battle uh, of wits where we're talking about uh, things that are real and not fictional. You mean, the, in other words, the things that you don't agree with. Yes, I mean, exactly right. Uh, what do you That's mean why fictional? Well, they're, these aren't fictional things. The and primary the, dropping is not fictional. And then the left wonders why we can't stand the guy. It's, it's, it's because he's, of, I mean, I, he's, just, he's the worst. I don't see how any. Worst. I can understand how a partisan who wants his team to win can defend the guy. I don't see how any logical person can sit there and say this guy's been a good president. He hasn't been. I mean, look, he's been a. Well, he, they look he, at the stats he provides and they think, well, everything's good. Five yeah, percent unemployment. In the same speech, he's saying we need to stop this partisan stuff. He puts the economic stats on the screen in red mm -hmm. and blue colors. And, of course, completely misquotes them and takes them at, like, he's like, from the peak, we've dropped, uh, you know, this percentage. Well, uh, first of all, you're, of course, not including all of the qualifiers with those numbers. Second of all, the peak was you. It was, peak was you. You put it in red because you want people to think it was George Bush, Bush but it was actually you. The peak being the valley, the, uh, right? What's that? The peak being the valley. The peak of unemployment. The peak yes, of, of debt. The highness the peak of, of unemployment. All of these all of things him. are you. You're <laughs> yeah. saying you've improved from you, not from anyone else. You have the worst numbers in the history of the country of mm -hmm. any president when it comes to deficits. Ever. It's not even close. By far. Though, and I, I, the, By the far. stat off the top of my head is the worst year of the Bush administration, the worst year, um, is still better than the best year, even projected, of the Obama administration. Um, and you know, so, yes, mm. he's come off of his worsts. Yes, he's bettered his own worsts. But that's not something you brag about. No, and how has he done that? He's done that through printing money. Yeah, he's done it through printing money. Um, he's done it through um, general he's done it economic through uh, recovery that yeah. it, 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 as well. That it's just like capitalism is, you know, he's done it. You look at every other recovery that we've ever had from something like this. And what you've seen is all of them faster. have been faster. He, uh, they all come back. Every one of them always comes back. Mm -hmm. But th this one has just come back slower than all others in history. And he's bragging about it. So let's play some of the delightful speech from last night. Here he is talking about uh, ISIS. I told you earlier, all the talk of America's economic decline is political hot air. Well, so is all the rhetoric you hear about our enemies getting stronger and America getting weaker. Is it? Let me, let me tell you uh, something. Tell us. Tell us the something. United States of America mm -hmm. is the most powerful nation on earth. Period. Well, obviously. Nobody disputes that. Period. Nobody disputes that. It's it not even close. Different. It's not even close. But as we focus on destroying ISIS, over-the-top claims that this is World War III 
just play into their hands. Masses of fighters on the back of pickup trucks, twisted souls plotting in apartments or garages, they pose an enormous danger to civilians. They have to be stopped. Yeah. But they do not threaten our national existence. Nobody that, said that they were going to destroy America. That is the story ISIL wants to tell. That's the kind of propaganda they use to recruit. We just need to call them what they are, killers and fanatics, who have to be rooted out, hunted down, amazing? and destroyed. It's amazing. And that's what, exactly what we're doing. What are they fanatical about? They're, they're killers of fanatics. Uh, we need to call huge them a, Bieber fans, I guess. Uh, Bieber? Justin Bieber. They are really? big. They're fanatical about it. And that's they why they're Bieber killing. They got Bieber fever? They got Bieber fever. They got a serious case of it, though. It's and not just the typical one that passes in a couple of days. He will come to Syria, and so they're killing people over it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what that's the Syrian what war is about. about. That's why they okay. wanted to take Assad out. He would not uh, let Bieber perform. Call them what they are, then, Bieber fanatics. Well, no, they're just fanatics. Okay. We want to be specific about what they're fanatical about, Pat. That's unbelievable. I mean, that is. It, why are? What do you mean fanatical? Like, yeah. like it's you can't say it radical Islam or extreme. Can you say fanatical Islam? What, what can you say? You we're can, fanatical no, you can't say about Islam, Islam. In, any, in any context. Right, and you that's can. of course the lesson we learn. Yeah, it sucks. I just can't take it. I cannot take it. Uh, now, apparently, Ted Cruz has responded to. Uh, did he take a State of the Union jab? Uh, Ted, because he's responding to that, and uh, here it is. I missed it, I think. You I, made the choice not to be in the chamber tonight. Uh, why, and do you regret it? Well, I, I don't regret it. I think the speech tonight surprised nobody. Uh, it was more of the same. Uh, it, it, it was sadly, I think it was less a state of the union <laughs> than it was a state of denial. I think we yeah, all agree that the president essentially called you out on the issue of leadership. And he said, he said the answer <laughs> needs to be more than tough talk or calls to carpet bomb civilians. Uh, in, well, again, well, in the topic of leadership. What was your response to that? Well, listen, I will apologize to nobody for my commitment to kill the terrorists. And this speech... Once again, President Obama refused even to say the words radical Islamic terrorism, much less demonstrate any clarity, any vision, any plan to destroy them. He diminished the threat of ISIS. I mean, Lester, think about it. This speech, he didn't say a word about the Paris terror attacks. He didn't say a word about San Bernardino. He didn't say a word about the Philadelphia police officer mm -hmm. who was shot 13 times by a terrorist pledging allegiance to ISIS. And, and I think the American people, they're, they're tired of having a president who will not even acknowledge the evil that we're facing, much less do anything serious to stop it. Tell me that guy shouldn't be president. Go ahead and try to tell me that. I won't believe you, but you can go ahead and try to tell me. Um, you know, Trump supporters are trying every day, but that guy is presidential. He's exactly right. I mean, he was, he was talking about them being a group of people in the back of pickup trucks. Right. He's diminishing their, the danger they pose again. He's essentially calling them the JV team or less again, isn't he? I mean, at the same time, adding legitimacy to their cause by calling them ISIL instead of ISIS. Because ISIL is the Islamic State uh, of the Levant, which also includes Israel. And so, the, I mean, that's important to them. The, the, 
the Islamic State, including Israel, is big time to them, and apparently it's important to the president too because he's he's adopted that. Um, by the way, I I have found no evidence of. I've never heard Ted Cruz say he wants to carpet bomb civilians. No, he's never said that. I mean, uh, that's just he's not something that. he said. In he fact, said when he asked to clarify, the he said he would carpet bomb ISIS mm -hmm. specifically. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, that doesn't mean it's, that's the approach you use in every community. If, if, they're, if they're surrounded by civilians, you're probably not using that approach there. But there are bases where they, they can be attacked in that way. Um, and the other thing is, like, everyone's like, well, carbon mm -hmm. bombing, you can never do that. That's ridiculous. Uh, that, you guys do realize that's how we won World War II. Like, that was <laughs> that's how it happened. I mean, uh, we, we did that. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we did do that to our enemies. Killed more people carpet bombing Tokyo than we did in the uh, nuclear attacks. Yeah, and, and look, I'm not saying so, that, and, and neither is Cruz, by the way, saying we bring back, hey, we're just going to just flatten cities. That's our new approach. Uh, that's not what he's saying. He's saying he wants to go after them without, I mean, it's just a way of a shorthand to say we're, we're not going to uh, nitpick around the edges to try to take a couple of these guys out. When we find mm -hmm. groups of them, they're gone. And uh, I don't think that America disagrees with that. I think that's kind of what you want. When, you, when you're talking about ISIS, that's what you want. No uh, doubt about it. You know, so this ridiculous thing that we're going to go, you know, I mean, is it tough talk at some level? Sure. Uh, but I think what he's saying is he's going to take it seriously, unlike the president. And uh, look at the pictures today of uh, our soldiers in Iran um, with their hands behind their heads and blindfolded and the video of uh, people walking on their boats and arresting them. And tell me you don't want a president that's stronger. Uh, you know, that's what America does want, and it's what they, that's what they deserve, mm -hmm. to be honest. You know, you have a guy who has been terrible on these issues for eight years. Do you, does anyone in America believe that we're better off now than we were in 2008 when it comes to foreign affairs? I mean, blatantly, the answer to that is no. Now, the economy is different because that, 2008 was the time where it was bottoming out, and it bottomed out in 2009. So, yeah, I mean, have we made some improvements on that? Yes, but only from the worsts of this administration. Um, you know, we're still worse than everything leading up to that, including Clinton and, uh, you know, and Carter was pretty bad, too, but uh, certainly Bill Clinton. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of an amazing... It's an amazing thing that he even tries this. It's an amazing thing that he has the audacity to step in and actually claim he's done a good job. That, just that in and of itself is fascinating. It's, it's mm -hmm. such an incredible, as Cruz pointed out, a state of denial. It's so deep in that that I, don't, I wouldn't be able to pull it off. If I knew I did as bad a job as this guy has done, I would not be able to go on national television and tell everybody that I did a good job. It, I wouldn't be able to pull it off. And yet he continues to be able to do it, um, which is, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess how, is how you get elected president, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I, I don't know. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. You know, right now you can get a two-week emergency food supply uh, and get yourself prepared just in case anything, you know, happens uh, that isn't positive <laughs> and you can do this for only fifty dollars fifty bucks for a two-week emergency food supply just call triple eight eight nine three seventy nine fifty three you're talking about this we have the uh, super bowl coming up in a, in a couple of uh, weeks and I, mm. I don't know if you guys know this but i, I go to the super bowl i'm actually in the location. i don't know if you know this but we're going to the super bowl as well this year are you so. really going yeah yeah we're going really yes yeah well you're going to the city of the super bowl we're going to the super bowl 
You're not going to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl happens inside of a stadium in which you need a yeah, ticket right. to enter. We're going to the Levi Super Bowl. Stadium. You're going We're inside? Going the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why are you sniffing? Because. Do you have a cold or? A little bit, yeah. Um, so, but uh, we were talking about, I was talking to somebody about Super Bowl parties the other day. Mm-hmm. How, much, how much money do you spend to just bring in the food for a Super Bowl party? I mean, it's a lot of money. You're spending a couple hundred bucks just to get food in there. You got the chips, you got uh, wings. Last year I spent $7,000. <laughs> this is cheap. Yeah, so this, Jeffy was this deal from yeah. My Patriot Supply is pretty good. Well, that's, really good that's kind of the point. It's like really one deal. little outing. You go to Chili's with, uh, you know, uh, and you get oh a, a couple, you know, you get uh, a couple entrees, an appetizer, maybe yeah. a dessert, and a couple yep. drinks. You're at fifty bucks. This oh, is two weeks of food. Yep, and it's only dollars. Only available if you call triple eight eight nine three seventy nine fifty three right now. You got to limit you to two per household because of well, Jeff. Jeff. Two week supply, just fifty bucks, includes free shipping. Call them right now. Stop waiting. Get it what over about, with. Do we Don't have to tip the guy that delivers it? What? Do you have to tip the guy that delivers it? I don't think so. No, uh, yes, but you need to not eat him, too, because I understand you ate the last delivery guy, so don't, don't do that either. 888-893-7953. Call right now. You're looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Kind of weird. Uh, patents too. What, what's Pat interesting too. here is that uh, now the Bernie Sanders thing is fascinating to me because Hillary was way, way ahead at the very beginning of this thing, right? She was up like sixty to twelve mm-hmm. over her next closest rival, and then and then Bernie started making some headway, and then she seemed to pull away again. Now yeah. all of a sudden it's completely tightened up again, and now you, everybody's feeling the burn. I gotta say, we're all feeling the burn. I thought the the death knell to the Bernie Sanders thing, and, and look, I, and I I still don't expect him to win, but I thought the end of it would be Biden dropping out, because a lot of those yeah. polls were it, it was kind of <laughs> close was because Joe Biden was still pulling 15, 18, 19 percent, and you feel like okay, Biden goes away, people are like okay, I want Clinton. You're not going to go to Sanders necessarily from Biden. Mm-hmm. It really hasn't been the case, uh, admittedly, as 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 is the case every election cycle. Every prediction you make is always wrong. Um, and it's like, just looking at this, it's like, it's kind of amazing. The latest polls uh, are amazing in New Hampshire, where Bernie Sanders now leads Hillary Clinton by 14 points uh, in New Hampshire. I mean, think about this. How So the media is essentially treating Donald Trump as if he's won New Hampshire already. Mm-hmm. They don't do the same with Bernie Sanders. I mean, Sanders, they're, they're hoping, because they don't want this to happen. They don't think Sanders is a viable candidate. Uh, as, as far as the general election goes. He's not. Um, he can't be, right? can't imagine. We can't although, have degraded that far to where we would elect a socialist. Yeah. Um, I, I hope. I, 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 think, I think... If we do, we seriously are over. I think what period. you're saying is true. Over. However, the wave is coming. Uh, this is an amazing split. We just saw a poll. It was uh, Sanders is trailing Hillary Clinton nationally now. Nationally. By, what was it, seven, seven. points? She was 48, up, 41. She was up by 20 uh, very recently. She's now up by seven. But the mm-hmm. splits are amazing. 
under 45 years old. This is incredible. Uh, Hillary Clinton is trailing Bernie Sanders 60 to 31. So uh, people who are under 45 in the wow. Dead or Democrats are like, you know what? Socialism, here we come. They don't care. They're not trying to hide it. They, they don't feel care. bad about it. They haven't seen a socialist country. Uh, not, not all of them. I mean, 45 is, uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, I'm about to turn 40, and I've, I've seen, I mean, I remember Rocky IV. I mean, I know, I know when the war ended. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was there. I was there. Uh, you know, I, I saw it Christmas Day, you know, mm-hmm. 1985. Mm-hmm. And that's when, uh, you know, Rocky Balboa said the, the magic words that changed uh, the course of the war. If I can change and you can change, everybody can change. I believe it's you. Profound. Mm-hmm. What? I believe it was you. If I can change and use, you can change. <laughs> everybody can change. Uh, anyway, so I, I was there for said, that. Then he said, yo, Adrian. No, he said, he, he said, I just want to say one thing to my kid at beautiful. home who should be home sleeping. Did he? Yeah. Yo, Adrian? He didn't say yo, Adrian. No, he didn't say yo, Adrian to his kid. That would yeah, be weird. Because okay, the, the kids this is a little off topic here. We're going maybe down the wrong way. The point is, though, that they don't, they don't have that negative connotation to socialism, and they're, uh, and they're you know, for whatever reason, embracing it. Um, mm-hmm. And so burn, feeling, they're feeling the burn. And they're feeling the burn in Iowa as well. Sanders has, has now reached a lead, 49 to 44. Again, a lot of people are saying, well, Ted Cruz is going to win. Iowa. He's he's the leader in Iowa. He's not the leader in Iowa. He's the, he's tied in Iowa. Uh, him and and Trump. I mean, the latest Des Moines Register poll has Trump uh, down by three points, uh, but several other polls have Trump up by two, have Cruz up by two. It, it's a dead heat right now in Iowa, um, where five point lead for Sanders makes you think he's got a little bit uh, of an edge there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if Sanders wins Iowa and then New Hampshire, does he lose the nomination? I mean, again, I don't know of any times that has happened. There, I can't think of one time that's occurred. I, people, they've split. There have been uh, occasions right. where they've split the first two states and one of the candidates of the first two states won. There have been cases where uh, two candidates split the first two states and a third candidate had won. Bill Clinton mm-hmm. won that way. I don't know of any, any instances, and we've been whining about this for a while, where somebody came in, they won Iowa, they won New Hampshire, and then lost the nomination. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of amazing. So, and and now there is a an argument to be made, and and the argument the Clinton people make is Bernie Sanders does not relate to uh, minority groups. He does not do well with them, and the only reason he's winning those first two states is because they're basically a hundred percent white voting populace. Uh, Where you get to South Carolina, Mm -hmm. that changes dramatically, and Hillary will be fine. Maybe that's true, um, but that's a lot to wager on, isn't it? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Um, A lot of momentum built up by winning the first two states, and that's why people who win the first two states go on to win. Because you build an incredible amount of momentum. And as we see when we watch football, momentum is almost everything. Sure is. Right? I mean, once that momentum changes, uh, ask the University of Utah when they felt the Mo uh, switch in that football game. Okay? And it um, went from 35 nothing to 35-28. They and, still and won. Then, think about that. They, they won the game. Though. Yeah, but they almost didn't. So, so think you're about saying that. Hillary Clinton will really be Ask upset him. if she almost doesn't lose? Yes, she'll be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, momentum means a lot. And in this, in this race, if, if you win the first two, for some reason that creates a mindset in the minds of the voters of the next state that, wow, well, okay, he's got momentum. And those who are maybe wondering, well, I don't know if he can win, they see he can, and then they sometimes change their vote. Right. And, and, and look, you know, uh, the reason for that is that no one has made their mind up yet. Yeah, a lot of people, people like aren't that. like you. They're not like you when you're watching the blaze. You're thinking, oh, wow, why aren't these people seeing what I'm seeing? They're not seeing anything. 
what they're seeing is, you know, uh, what, whatever the new American Idol is, because that's an old reference. Uh, the Voice, you know, whatever it is, they're seeing that. Mm -hmm. They're seeing uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, you know, and, and and her and her, you know, 19 family members that all, you know, uh, spend lots of money and 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 complain about really small things and make them into large dramatic issues. That's their lives. So I mean, even the Des Moines Register poll. Which is they do this is supposedly the gold standard of polling. It's an A plus rated pollster. They know they know what they're doing there. Twenty five, twenty two. They have basically a dead heat with tr uh, Trump trailing Cruz by three. But even in that poll, they say fifty six percent of people in Iowa have not made up their mind yet. Wow. Hmm. Now they they might have voted in this poll, but they fifty six percent are like ah, I'm not really locked into that person. I could still change my mind. Fifty six percent. Now. The of the people, and it's, it, this is where this is going to come down to. Uh, the Trump voters are most locked in. Yeah, they, I think it's sixty-eight percent. I just saw a thing on Trump uh, from Fox News. It said fifty-two percent of Trump voters have decided. Okay, and I don't they know what made up which their poll that was. It's even higher 52%. in Iowa. Um, I think it was sixty-eight percent in Iowa, and wow. the Cruz number was lower. It was in the I think it was in the fifties. Um, but the second choice numbers were Cruz is leading the pack in second choice and almost nobody wants Donald Trump as the second choice so the question is will this field stay lar large enough for to give Donald Trump time for everyone to start loving him uh, or mm -mm. will Cruz be able or Rubio or somebody else be able to overwhelm him once uh, you know Trump is out the reason Trump is nobody's second choice is because uh, the first choice people are the only people he has Right. If Everybody like Trump, else has like made Trump. up their. They might. Not, they might not have decided definitively for whom they're going to vote, but they've decided definitively they're not voting for him. Yeah, and Trump's not my like guy. us. I mean, we are not voting for him. Now, I've already decided uh, I'm going to vote for Ted Cruz, but uh, you know, Marco Rubio is kind of out there too, and and he might be an acceptable alternative if if Ted falters somewhere along the way. So, I mean, he's like my second choice. So I do have that. But Trump is nowhere on that list. No. Nowhere on that list. And and for, I think for most people, it's the same way. Yeah, because I mean, it, there's someone explained this a while ago, several months ago, about how this primary would shake out, and I, maybe they they were right. I can't. I wish I could remember who it was to give him credit. It was one of these data analyst guys, and it was that people are will wind up seeing this primary as a two decision process. Decision one: Trump or not. Decision two: If not. Who? Mm -hmm. Right? So you have, okay, mm -hmm. I go in there and I'm like, all right, so 25% of people are saying Trump yes, 75% of people are saying Trump no. So then that 75% is being broken up on, uh, among 11,000 candidates. And so that's why Trump wins right now. But as those candidates fade away, and they're starting already, obviously we're down, we were at 17, now we're down to 12. After Iowa, my Still too belief many, is it'll be seven or eight. I mean, really, if you think about just the top tier, we're, we have seven left. That's who's going to be in the debate uh, tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or is it? No, it's tonight, right? Today's, no. is today no, Thursday. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow Thursday. Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Sorry, today's Wednesday. Jeez. Today's updates, too. Oh, it sucks. I hate when that happens. Day Wednesday, everybody. So today's Wednesday. Tomorrow's the debate. Point is, though, there's only seven there. Um, and I think seven are, you probably are at uh, seven is, is there anyone in that lower tier that has any chance? Probably not. I mean, Rand Paul, you know, for all of his positives, uh, he, he uh, does not have a chance. And now that he's Mr. Birther guy, uh, you know, bye-bye. Thank you for being a good senator. 
That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, uh, uh, and Fiorina would be the only other one you might say, but no, she's, she's had her time. She had her, her little peak in the debate, and she's done, I think. So leaving those two out, you go to New Hampshire with seven. I think Carson, after Iowa, is in serious trouble. Um, mm-hmm. in, this, in this particular race, I think he did finish third, so he might go on. Uh, or he finished fourth in the latest poll in Des Moines. Um, so maybe he can go on to New Hampshire, but I think he's going to be done after New Hampshire. Um, and I think you'll probably get at least two establishment people dropping out of New Hampshire after New Hampshire, whether it's Christie and Kasich or Christie and Bush or Kasich and Bush. I think Rubio will probably stick around. Um, but you're going to be down. actually moved up to fourth, I think, in the latest New Hampshire poll. Yeah, I think he needs – I think anyone who doesn't finish in the top four in New Hampshire is probably Probably gone. done. Yeah. Um, uh, which would include probably, you know, I always, I keep thinking Kasich is the guy that's going to go away, but he still hang, hangs around. He does nothing anywhere else, but he hangs around in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christie has not, Christie to me is by far the best of those three, Kasich, Christie, Bush. Uh, Christie mm-hmm. is by far the best candidate, but he has not popped there either. So, but I feel like two of those three are gone. And so you'll go into South Carolina at least in March 1st, uh, which is the, the big one. Um, you're going to go in there with Trump, Cruz, Rubio, and then um, either Bush, Bush, Christie, or Kasich. One of those three. Probably Bush, because he's got the cash to stay in there. Yeah, because Christie, uh, he, I think he's a better candidate. He does not have yeah, the money. But he's done. And neither I does think. Kasich. I think he's done. And Kasich, the only re- appeal for him really is that he's from, you know, from Ohio and he's a swing state guy. But he's the worst candidate of the three. He's worse than Bush. Kasich is worse than Bush by yeah, far. Yeah, by far. Um, so, and then after that, you know, just Fiorina. You know, there could be a Fiorina or a Rand Paul that stick around, but there's not going to be an impact there, I don't think. Yeah, and so, Huckabee's gone. Huckabee has Iowa. pretty much said it. Huckabee's gone. He said he's so, done. That would be think, great. You know, that would we'll, be great, frankly. Will Santorum stick around? Uh, uh, I would not be surprised at all if Santorum stays in the race, but he's obviously not a factor. And dead to me. Dead to me. Triple eight seven two seven Beck, more patents, too. Uh, coming up. Sorry, Rick. Campaign is dead to me. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is where we're having a ridiculous conversation. But I'm not going to bring. I'm not going to go off on that tangent right now. Um, we're talking about Ted Cruz as well. I know, but off air. And uh, so we were talking about what's the what's the best outcome for Ted Cruz here? Uh, what could happen right now if Ted Cruz was was dominating in these polls and he's winning by ten or twelve points? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would be happy. I want him to win Iowa, honestly. Um, but if he were to be up by eight or ten points right now and go into the election and then win by four, people would actually look at that as a disappointment. What he needs to do is outperform his expectations. Um, and uh, so what, the best case scenario, and as much as I don't want this to happen because it's going to give me a heart attack, 
is he gets every vote. That's the best case well, yes, scenario. That's, you know, is that he gets that's true. every single vote. Technically, I didn't even consider that. But yeah, if he gets every vote, that's the best thing. Yes. Um, but going into this race, the most realistic best case scenario would be oh. you go into uh, oh, that's different. Into February 1st, yeah. and there's a question as to who's going to win. Is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be Cruz? Like, like now, right with it the is right poll now. that's 25-22. Right. 25-22. Go, go either way. I think the average is even closer. I think the average is only a half a point of the last like five or six polls. Yeah, because Trump actually won a couple of those He's won a couple of those. So you go into that poll not knowing who's going to win, and then mm-hmm. Cruz outperforms and wins by a wide margin. 11. Um, you know, yeah, 8, 11 points. Um, yes. You know, he's, if great. that could happen, then you really get momentum going into uh, New Hampshire and South Carolina and, go, and onward. And in that regard, the last election gives me a little bit of hope because I remember having a lot of hope heading into the final week before the general election between Romney and Obama because Romney was performing really well in some of those polls looked really strong like he was up by three or four and he was and they were saying well he might even win michigan he could win wisconsin <laughs> they might win pennsylvania he's almost surely gonna win florida he might even win california i don't know <laughs> he got he's his, gonna win washington dc <laughs> he got his ass yeah. kicked every one of those places and in fact lost florida too which you know should go kind of to the republican yeah and it didn't. And so, uh, you know, the polls were wrong. They were just f- flat out wrong. So when you start to look at the strength of Trump and think he's unbeatable, and then you think, well, you know, maybe some of that's inflated. And, and it could be because a lot of people have said, well, the polls aren't taking into account that a lot of these, that a lot of his support comes from liberals. A lot of his support comes from Democrat leaners. Mm-hmm. Or people who aren't necessarily going to vote in a Republican primary, and yeah, I think not that's com- probably true. Not committed voters, a lot of first-time it's voters. It's got to be true. Now, right? I, I said this before. There's, I, I think that has always been true. You can't depend on first-time voters yeah. uh, to come out. The only time I've ever seen it proven, proven false was 2008 with Barack Obama. It's really the only time I've ever seen it. Um, you know, other people have tried that. For, oh, we're going to get 12-year-olds to come out and vote because they're going to. They, they're oh, it's changing. The world is changing. It it never changes except that one time. In 2008, it really did happen where they, people got so excited about it. Now, I think Trump supporters would make the argument he's a celebrity, people are interested in him separate from politics, and he's going to do the same thing. You know, I certainly disagree with that. Um, but there's an argument to be made. Maybe he will be the guy that brings out all the first-time voters. Maybe, uh, maybe he will bring, be the guy. It's possible. Um, but uh, I think it, it tends to be um, uh, less likely uh, than not. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It, we'll see. I, I think it's it's an interesting thing, though, as you get caught up in these polls. We're only a couple weeks away from this thing. Mm-hmm. We're two weeks from Monday. Is that right? Am I for right the that? Iowa? For, for Iowa? Is Caucus? that right? Because that would be uh, I don't either know, Monday or Tuesday, I think, on February 1st. It is I'm, a Monday, sure. for sure. Okay. Um, I just um, don't remember. I think it's two weeks from Monday. From next week. For next Monday, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks um, from next Monday. As you were talking, I was I, I just happened to have my eye caught by a commercial that's play, that was planned a minute ago, um, and it showed Marco Rubio as a weather vane. And mm. his, his have you seen that's that one? It's a Jeb Bush super pack. It, yeah, mm. and and so I, I'm seeing this him spinning, and they're showing the, his flip flops on immigration and the Dream Act and, and citizenship and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, please don't be a Ted Cruz ad. Please don't be a Ted Cruz ad. Please don't be a Ted Cruz. <laughs> Jeb Bush. Yep. Fortunately, so Jeb doesn't right. have any problem attacking everybody. That's not working. Rubio. That's Man. not working. I... It is not working in this cycle. Really strange. I mean, 
you've got to have a guy who is the look. You've said it uh, pretty clearly when you said Donald Trump is the worst candidate anyone has ever run. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, you know, and I think there's a really strong argument to be made on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody attacks him. Nobody says anything about him. I mean, you know, yeah, Jeb Bush has said a couple things about him. Uh, Kasich has attacked him a little bit. Cruz doesn't say anything about him. Rubio right. really doesn't say that much about him. Yes. Really, nobody does. And except, here's he's, he's right, the guy in the lead. Bush, and, it, and he got his head handed to him. For yeah, it. yeah. So uh, and, well, and Bush lost, I mean, because he wasn't good bad. at it. But, right. like, here's Bush spending all this money trying to take out Marco Rubio, who has 12% of the vote, and uh, which is just, it's just a bizarre scenario. And really, like, as much as I expect Donald Trump to lose, this is a cataclysmic <clears throat> collapse for him if he does. It is one of the most ridiculous, gigantic chokes of all time if Trump's, Trump loses. Yeah. It's on the, on the level of Hillary Clinton in 2008 and uh, Howard Dean in 2004. Um, and you know, while and I still expect... Giuliani, too. Yeah, Giuliani yeah. was way ahead yeah. for a while. He was. He was. That's true. He just didn't... He and never competed in those totally early states. collapsed. He never competed in those he early states. He made one of the worst decisions yes. in yeah. the history of elections. And that was dumb. Yeah. Um, because because uh, Dean and uh, Clinton did, and Clinton wound up not only losing to Barack Obama in Iowa, people forget he also right. lost, she also lost to John Edwards. Uh, and we yeah. forget she was Hillary was up by forty, forty, forty points in that election <laughs> and lost. Can you imagine bringing her back? How the hell are they bringing her back for another run? I don't know. And now they're starting to regret it because they see, mm. oh, that's right, nobody likes her. Yep. Oh, that's, oh, wait, Holy that's crap. right, she sucks. Oh, wait, why, why are we running this person? She's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, uh, uh, you know, she's got all the policies of Obama, and she's shrill. Yep, even tried to nice her Not likable. I, mean, she, I watched uh, uh, her uh, on Ellen not mm-hmm. long ago, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they were trying to nice her up, you know, and oh, play a little that game. dancing was so You can't she, nice her just, up. You can't. Unbelievable. She's yeah. just not. She's just not good at that. Bad. She's not good at. She's not personal. She does not have a nice personality. People don't like her, uh, well, at least publicly. She might be great. There's no putting lipstick on that. No, you just can't. Person. You can't make it happen. Is that old saying? <laughs> yes, it's you the can't saying. Put of, lipstick can't on put that lipstick person? on that person. Well, you're I, talking I, about. They, had, they said that about Sarah Palin. Remember that? They said that yes, all the time about Sarah. Palin. They did. Um, Only they didn't say person. They, they said not. pig. They did. That was mean. So I don't know. To me, it was not ideal. Uh, I think a lot of Democratic voters are doing exactly what MoveOn.org is doing. Uh, MoveOn.org is, is now moved endorsing on. <laughs> They've Bernie moved Sanders. on from Hillary. They've moved on from Hillary, con- even considering that Hillary Clinton helped start the organization. Um, if I remember right. I it was, mean, look at that. It was Media they, Matters and, and Move On, right? I thought it was yeah. the two that she said. Wow. She said it so. was even worse than we reported yesterday because I think they said 78%. 79% of their members voted for Bernie Freaking Sanders. So, of course, they're going to endorse Bernie Sanders. It's their bread and butter, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Hillary, by the way, got 14.6%. So it was 79 to 14. She, wow. He beat her by 65 percentage points. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It is. That's unbelievable. Now, those are, you know, super radicals at moveon.org. Yeah. But they have 340,000 members. So there's quite a few radicals, and, um, you know, I, I, they're respected for some reason. That's funny, because they were, the, they were respected in 2004 when John Kerry was supposed to be elected. They were. It was, they were supposed to be the... You know, Less so now, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely... They've, they've disappeared, essentially, from the... Uh, but they're trying. They're still, still yeah. trying. And, it, you know, it, you kinda, it's, it's like 
at least they're being honest and consistent, right? Like, they're a hardcore left-wing organization, and they're not going with Hillary Clinton. They're going with Bernie Sanders. I've noticed this on MSNBC. This is a hardcore left-wing institution. Mm-hmm. Why are they not all over Bernie Sanders? Why are they not in love with Bernie Sanders right now? They seem to mm-hmm. be just kind of like, oh, well, Hillary's great, and, uh, you know, evil Ted Cruz. And they've, yeah, they they've made a big a... deal about the socialist and the progressive, the difference and everything, trying yeah. to make Hillary look good, instead I mean, of, and Bernie look bad. Lawrence O'Donnell uh, is an admitted socialist. He's one yeah. of their hosts. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, you've got that, you've got Rachel Maddow on the air and Chris Hayes on the air. Just embrace Bernie. I'm surprised that hasn't. I mean, they're not, I don't think they're being negative to Bernie. But like I'm, I'm surprised they haven't seen more of a. Whole, they're doing a lot, a, a lot. Well, you know, kind of like what Fox News is. You doing, would almost which is expect like, them to wholeheartedly embrace him. Yeah, you, you I mean, would. Like Mavon.org did. And maybe they're just more. They're more political than they are ideological. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we're learning about that. By the way, um, uh, as we go on with, and we watch this uh, horrible State of the Union, which we only pulled one clip from, and, and, and we were just like, eh. we would have played two on radio and one here. It's yeah. like, I can't deal with it. can't listen to it again. Uh, really, is the State of the Union that, or is it, uh, is it what we're seeing in Iran, where they've captured 10 of our soldiers, they've now released them, supposedly. But do we have any of the pictures, by any chance, of that, uh, uh, Andrew? Any of the pictures of the soldiers... Uh, uh, we're going to yeah, show you some of those because they paraded them. They paraded them. They, they, they showed video on state-run mm-hmm. television of them being arrested and blindfolded. Um, they, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really despicable. Uh, and the fact that this, this can still happen, and, and the president doesn't even address it uh, in the State of the mm-hmm. Union. I mean, here's, this is them just, like, hanging out, uh, I guess, in the, uh, they're waiting for, uh, uh, you know, to, to be released. Um, yeah, they made the, 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 there was one female. Mm-hmm. She's got the headscarf. They yep. made her put that on in the corner. Is, yep. Look at that. You see her over in the corner yeah. there. Do you have any from the boat? Oh, I don't have any on the boat. On the uh, boat, you, I mean, on their knees, facing the other way, like they're about to be executed is what it looked like. And their leader mm-hmm. going through the instructions of the boat, sitting behind the, the mm-hmm. uh, steering. It's uh, unbelievable. It is so amazing. they made sure to humili- humiliate our soldiers in America they before yep. they let them go. They did that. And then, at the same time, uh, did the, they're doing this with the Saudi Arabia, where they're, uh, you know, burning down or trying to burn down embassies still. Mm-hmm. And so Jake Tapper uh, asked Josh Ernest about lifting the Iran san- sanctions. Are they really a, a, the type of country that deserves this sort of uh, break? Watch. What do you say to people who say Iran fired uh, upon, not, not on, didn't hit, but fired a warning shot of, of sorts uh, towards an American ship in the last couple weeks? Uh, they test fired, I believe, a, a ballistic missile uh, in the last few weeks. And yet in a few days, they're scheduled to have the relief of all those sanctions. Uh, the basic question being, this does not seem like a country uh, that is ready to be welcomed back into the community of nations. Yeah, uh, that's right, Jake. And you know, certainly the United States has been concerned with the kind of provocative, destabilizing actions uh, that have been a hallmark of Iranian behavior uh, mm-hmm. over the last several decades, in fact. And uh, mm-hmm. that's why, why? Uh, A, that is why the United States and this president made uh-huh. it a priority to organize the international community to uh, reach huh. an agreement with Iran really? that will prevent them from obtaining a nuclear weapon. Uh, this agreement no. is actually the best way for us to ensure no. that Iran does not obtain a mm-hmm. nuclear weapon. No, it's not. Uh, and based on them wow. following through with their commitment to ship 98% of their uranium stockpile out of the country, which they followed through on over the, uh, over the holidays, Iran right now actually doesn't even have the nuclear material necessary to build one nuclear weapon. Uh, Josh, 
They seem on the surface like a country who can't be trusted. Well, that's right, Jake, and that's why we're trusting them. That was essentially his answer. Uh, is that not exactly what... That's why it was a priority for us to start trusting him. Right. Uh, unbelievable, man. Unreal. More patents, too, coming up. It, it also was unreal. I mean, it's so good. A lot of people say patents are so show. good. Uh, yeah, it's unreal. I don't know. It's unreal. It's so good. Greatest show in the history of television. I've heard much about that. Has been, uh, it's been thrown around a lot. A lot of people. And so. Say other, other shows are better. No, no. Almost Ooh. nobody says that. No, almost I'm, nobody I'm, says that. I've seen it a lot. Yeah, no. Really? About uh, three times a year, uh, Jeffy uh, suggests something for us to talk about because uh, he thinks it's important. I mean, not three t Jeffy just dropped his thing. Uh, not three times, two times a year, maybe. Jeffy will send in an article well, for us two. to talk about. Well, not it, two. Right? It happened once. Okay, this happened one time happened a year, several years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's done it again, and here, here is this. Uh, this is the headline, 12 Healthy Habits You're Better Off Giving Up. He wants you to stop doing healthy things, supposedly. Uh, but let's look at them and see what they are. All right, uh, let's do. All right. Uh, <laughs> look at that. Use a standing desk. Yeah, don't give that up. A uh, recent long-term study looking at the data of nearly 4,000 U.S. adults found no benefit in terms of overall risk from dying from standing as opposed to sitting. So you can sit and you don't have to worry about that. I like that. Okay, I'm with you, Jeffy. Next up, using toilet seat liners. Yeah, nothing's going to help you. That's not going to help you not get HIV. <laughs> Does anyone think that? Ah, oh, crap! No, but I... You don't know what is there, frankly. Uh, viruses like HIV and herpes are fragile, don't survive well outside of a nice, warm human body. Plus, your skin's an effective block against any microbes. Do you sit on a naked toilet seat? I mean, I'd prefer not to because no, it's I'd, just gross. Well, not but do it. I don't have a don't rational reason no. is there, other than it's just nasty to me. It's just gross. Yeah, and I won't do it. Yeah. Even uh, at your home? So I will not be giving Oh, yeah, that. when you're home, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, at home. Avoiding gluten. Yes. Thank you! <laughs> Thank you! Thank you, Jeffy. <laughs> Unless you're one of the 1% of Americans who suffer from celiac disease. Yes! <laughs> Gluten probably won't have any negative effect. Go ahead and eat that bun. We have a doctor in this area who tells everyone right? they're gluten-sensitive, stop, stop having gluten. Even if they're not gluten-sensitive, don't eat gluten. Why are you doing that? He's a gluten Stop hater. it. Stop it. Unfortunately... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's probably the one battle I've won in my 35 years of marriage. <laughs> nice. Uh, drinking almond milk. That's news. Practically devoid of nutrients. Typical glass by volume is 2% almonds. <laughs> no protein. Yeah. I don't think no about protein. almond milk. Which I actually kind of, I've developed, like, I actually like almond milk now. Do you? From the taste-wise. But it's also a lot less calories than, uh, than other milks. So mm. people drink it for that reason as well. Right. Uh, next up is uh, what? Uh, we got juicing. 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 Mm -hmm. When you uh, juice fresh produce, you remove all the fiber. The key ingredient that helps right. you keep feeling full and satisfied, what you keep is the sugar. That makes a lot of sense, actually. It does. Uh, e ear, ear candling. This one hurts me. I thought I didn't realize I needed to give this one up. Do people do this? Oh, yeah, it works. Put candles in your ears? You, know, you, you take a candle, it's, a, it's an ear candle. It's kind of like an inverted uh, candle, a pyramid, yeah. and you stick the thin end in your ear. Only you use a plate over your head so the wax drops on the plate. What? And you light the top on fire, and then it sucks the wax out of your ear. Oh, my God, no. Uh, it, does, it doesn't actually work. Have you ever done that? Mayo no. Just stop it. No, have you ever heard of a Q-tip? No, Swap? a Q-tip is not for in your it's inner actually ear. Not. I don't. The I, burning, the, I know they say that, but... 
It frankly is. No, it's not. Because <laughs> it fits. Uh, slathering. <laughs> so anything that fits in your <laughs> ear, you'll you put in your ear? Yes. Okay. Pencils, that's, an, that's an interesting stance. Q-tips, and you jam thing. Pens sometimes. <laughs> Needles. Uh, and, uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to talk about this one because this is kind of interesting. Uh, okay. right, we'll come There's back. more to be said on that. We'll come back and uh, get to some other stuff, too. Coming up on, you know, this show. That's great. Moving on. Oh, really? We're moving on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what about taking multivitamins? <laughs> well, yeah, the other ones. Taking, did taking, you want to do the rest uh, of it? Multivitamins. No, I don't care. No. Do you want to do the rest of it? Do you care? I mean, I, I'm open if you I'm want to. I'm kind of interested in this Chuck Schumer clip, though. Yeah, that's why I wanted to move on. Okay, so Chuck, this is a question uh, that has been asked to a lot of Democrats. And it's an interesting one in this particular climate They're because really you have one. two options in the Democratic Party. Sorry, Martin O'Malley. You have the option of a socialist, Bernie Sanders, and a Democrat, Hillary Clinton. And so what is the difference between those two? And the fact is, the correct answer to that is nothing. None. None. There's, there, no, there's difference. no difference. Mm -hmm. There's no difference anymore. I think the only, Zero. The only, ex the only real answer, uh, and I have not heard mm. anyone express this. Maybe this is where Chuck Schumer goes. I haven't seen this clip yet. Um, but Chris Matthews is the one that's always asking it for some mm -hmm. reason. He's fascinated by this. And I think the reason he's fascinated by it is because he wants Hillary Clinton. So he wants people to say bad things, essentially, about Bernie Sanders, and they can't because there's really no difference. But the only difference you can have, I think the only real answer to this question is the difference between socialist and Democrat is that socialists are going to have a much tougher time being elected. So we need to say Democrat. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this, this idiot said uh, socialist, he's now a socialist. So it's his fault. He's the one that wanted to run his mouth about being a socialist. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard to get anyone else outside of our party to vote for a socialist. So what we have instead is Hillary Clinton, who is a socialist, but we don't say she is. And that's much better. That's the only real answer to that. I'd like to see if, if uh, Chuck Schumer gives a version of that sort of response here. Uh, here he is with uh, Chuck Schumer. What's the difference between a socialist and a Democrat? Oh, I, it depends how you define each one, doesn't it? No. Well, you do it. No. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into it, but... Uh, <laughs> Why uh, not? Nobody will do it. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the chair of the Democratic Party, won't answer my question. Hillary Rodham, you guys are well-schooled in political polemics yes. and language and nomenclature. You're quite capable of defining the difference mm -hmm. between a socialist, self-described, and a Democrat, self-described. Yeah, I have nothing it? bad to say about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I think Bernie is, okay. is the real deal. He's wow. been talking this way since the day he got to the Senate. This is not a contrivance. He believes in what he does. He's a constructive person, but I think Hillary's going to beat him in the uh, primaries, and she'll be the nominee. Would it be helpful to change the name of the Democratic Party to the Social Democratic Party? Would that help improve uh, the definition I, for everybody? I think we're happy with our present name. <laughs> You've told me so much. Whenever I hear you not speak, it teaches me a great deal. Well, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, he's yes. saying what we said. They, they won't tell you what they really are. There is no difference. There's no difference. And they won't say that because... Not enough Democrats yet 
it's getting pretty close to the point where there are enough. But there's not enough yet who believe socialism is mainstream enough to just say, yes, it's a socialist yeah, the party. The older it's, people. We're one in the same. As we saw with those polls, it's, 40, right. it's, it's above 45. Those right. people don't like uh, the idea of socialism. And, of course, independents and Republicans completely reject it. So they can't, they're just, it's too early to admit it. Right. Now, in, the, in the general, that would kill them. But in the Democrat Party, it would not. They just did a poll. It was sometime before Christmas, like maybe a month before Christmas. And they asked people if they had a favorable impression of socialism. They asked Democrats. And 52%, 52 to 48, had a favorable opinion of socialism. 52, 48. Democrats! They don't have a problem with it anymore. They yeah. just don't care. And, 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 and to, you know, uh, it's hard to be fair here. But to be fair. Let me give you a, a throw, uh, throw, throw something out about that. It's like, again, it goes back to the Rocky IV situation. Now, a lot of them mm. haven't seen it. You know, especially younger people, they haven't seen mm -hmm. how bad socialism actually is. They haven't seen the millions of people dead. They haven't seen, I mean, you know, they, they think to themselves, oh, I know that was in history, but, you know, we do it better now. And not only you that, know? they think there is equality. And there is with socialism. There is equality. Everybody's equally badly off. Well, except for those that aren't. Except, yes, except yes. for the ones who aren't. Except for the ruling, ruling class, class mm -hmm. who are incredibly wealthy. Then you have the entire population of the country poor. So if that's what you're, if you're looking for equally poor, then, then, then that's your political, uh, that's, that's your political ideology that you should pursue. And I think in general, the people who are the, you know, quote unquote thinkers of the Democratic side, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, throw Chuck Schumer in there for a minute. Does, if Chuck Schumer right now could just implement socialism in this country, would he do it? Yep. Yeah. Didn't need a minute to think about that one. Would he do it? Yep. Yes, he would. He just doesn't think he can. He's a progressive. He doesn't, he's a communist with patience. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think that he can get to that point at any point. So he wants to just move it along slowly and will take little steps and little pieces right there. And I think the only anger against Bernie Sanders is that, damn it, Bernie, we're in the middle of doing this. What are you admitting it for? Yeah. Wait. Right. We'll get there. That's right. Stop running your mouth about it. That's Everyone's right. going to know. You know, and it's like, I, I understand that. I mean, I, I think, you know, that's what progressivism is, really. Is we're going to slowly take baby steps to progress. We'll just keep going down this road. And that's why Republicans have been that way, too. And in the meantime, you got Schumer saying, I, I'm not going to go into that. That's not, why? If, look, if there's a huge difference between socialists and Democrats, don't you say it? Wouldn't you say, well, I mean, come on. Democrats are just people who are slightly t more liberal than conservatives are, than mm -hmm. Republicans are. Right. We, we believe in, in helping the poor, but not through, you know, uh, it's even then it's tough to describe the difference because they're both big government and they're both uh, uh, government programs and they're both people can't do it on their own. Yeah. I mean, even then it's tough to describe. But if, if you... If you really believe that Democrats and socialists aren't the same, I think you'd say it. Right. Well, yeah. And this is, by the way, I, I, I was working on something recently, and we went back and we're looking at some old speeches. And I looked at the, I think I mentioned this the other day, the Bill Clinton, the era of big government is over. It was a State of the Union address. Yeah. The guy, now look, he was disingenuous. He did more of the Chuck Schumer side of this than the Bernie Sanders side. 
You know, he would he he hit it. He he was much more liberal than he let on. Mm-hmm. But you look at the speech, and he would be booed out of a Democratic uh, convention right now if he did that speech. I mean, he would be booed. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was in under it was an understanding that the free market obviously has won. Small government obviously has won, but we can still do third certain things for certain people. You know, we can really help the people who really need it. Obviously, there's no argument anymore for big government. I mean, think about that. Bill Clinton said that in a State of the Union address. The era of big government is over. Here is the exact opposite. You know, it's... And it's like you might say, you know, because one of the, you can act, you can answer Matthew's question, which, by the way, uh, every once in a while, Matthews does something really good, which is this. This is I'm gl- so glad he's asking all these people this question and none of them can answer. It's embarrassing. Mm. Um, but you can ask you can answer it academically and say, well, socialism essentially is the, uh, you know, overtaking of entire industries by the government. And we're not talking about that. Democrats, they want to help people who need it. And, uh, and, you know, it, but all that is is a percentage, right? Like the academic uh, definition of socialism and communism might be 100% of industries are run by the government. And even though, even in practice, it never was 100%. Even in places like the Soviet Union, it wasn't 100%. It might have been 90% there. Mm-hmm. What the Democrats want here is 80% or 70% or 80% or 60%. But it's a lot more than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are moving that way constantly while we want to say, hey, let's go back to 10%. Let's go back to 5%. Let's go back to 3%. You know, like the people who absolutely need it in the worst of circumstances we maybe can help and have a, have a uh, safety net for. But other than that, let's let people do their thing. Let's get out of their freaking way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so while they might not have that academic definition of socialism, they are moving that way, obviously, and they are moving that way fast faster than we've seen in a real long time definitely i mean there's just no question no question about that meanwhile tavis smiley uh says said yesterday on fox news that uh blacks have lost some ground under this president kind of amazing on the subject of race do you think are are we are we better off now than we were seven years ago I'm not sure that we are, and I think ultimately the president missed a moment. What we try to lay out in this book, The Covenant with Black America, 10 years later, is that on every leading economic issue, on the major economic issues, black Americans have lost ground mm-hmm. in every one of those leading categories. Mm. So for the last 10 years, it's not been good for black folk. Um, and so this is the president's most loyal constituency that didn't gain, gain, gain any ground really in that period. Nor do now, they ever. The debate's going to be for years to come, whether or not he wasn't like bold enough. Or whether or not he was obstructed. I think the answer is both. And historians got a field day trying to juxtapose how in the era of the first black president, the bottom fell out for black America. Black people were still, in many ways, politically marginalized, socially manipulated, and economically exploited. That's a lot to try to square how all that happened in the era of the first black president. But to be sure, he had a headwind like no president's ever had. No, he, had a, what? he did not. He came he in with an eighty percent approval rating. What the hell are you talking about? He had a headwind. He had a tailwind. On black issues, he had a headwind. What are you? What are you talking about? Oh, that's. It's un- I mean, look. It's unreal. I, I honestly believe that no matter what happens, someone like Tavis Smiley is never going to admit it's better for black people because he makes his money by saying things are bad for black people. Yes. It's the. It's the. You know. It's a less. Um, 
less megaphone version of Al Sharpton, right? Like, the, there's a, obviously a group of people who've been doing this for a really long time, and it's never going to change. Now, look, has, 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 has life improved for uh, black Americans? The answer to that is absolutely yes. Of course it has. Look at what's happened over the past 40 years. Yeah, ago. not under, not under now, Obama. Under Obama, many uh, racial issues that seem to have been basically healed have been reopened. Um, but still, life is much better than it was uh, several decades ago and, and, and much fairer and much better uh, for all Americans. Um, it's just a, you know, these policies that Obama has implemented um, to, in theory, try to help African Americans don't help. They just don't help. They are uh, terrible policies that hurt not only uh, African Americans, but everybody, mm -hmm. um, including everyone from every socioeconomic uh, group. Um, it's not certainly not targeted at African-Americans. It's, uh, you know, it, the country is just worse off because this guy's been a bad president for eight years. And it's hard to it's it's hard to deal with bad presidents for eight years. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. I mean, when you come out of that, it's it's, it's hard. It takes time to recover uh, when you have someone who's really made it their job to try to rip and tear at every racial wound until it starts bleeding. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's going to happen. He's been doing it since he walked into office. I love the headwind excuse, too. He's used that on everything. And, it, it, you know, has there ever been a president or uh, a group of presidential apologists who have ever used the headwind excuse mm. as much as this guy has? Well, George Bush uh, came in and there were serious headwinds. Uh, that's why he didn't get things done. Well, Ronald Reagan came in, you know, and it was after Jimmy Carter. There were serious headwinds. Uh, well, Richard Nixon came in, and then it was after LBJ, so there were, you know, serious... Head it's never happened, to my knowledge. I I've never heard that. Only under Obama for the last seven years have we heard the headwind nonsense. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone else use it. I, I, it's, it's really I mean, other amazing. Than, uh, other than pilots. <laughs> like, pilots, I've heard say, well, we've got a serious, serious headwind. headwind. We're going to be about 20 minutes late to the airport. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> and that one's okay. That's that a good one's usage like the for real the usage of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, more patents do coming up, but we got to tell you about a great company. It's called Go. Yeah. And it is solar energy that is now affordable, uh, thanks to this company yep. called Go. Yeah. It's uh, Go brings you solar power without the big upfront costs, and that's yeah. you know really been the negative for solar for a long time. You got to. I mean, it's like you're buying a car, and then you still have to buy the electricity. Uh, that is not the way Go works. They, and then the electricity costs you more than you're paying now, <laughs> yeah. which sucks. Minor detail. Yeah. Go reverses that whole thing. Basically, what they do is they come and they give you the, the uh, solar panels on your house, mm -hmm. and they'll install that for $0, $0 out wow. of pocket. Then you save 20 to 30% on what you're currently paying uh, to uh, power your home. You're just getting your electricity from them instead of the old power companies. There is seriously no reason not to check this out. There's over 70,000 homes that are now powered by Go. So find out if you can get it in your area, if it's available. Uh, so go to GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com right now. GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com right now and be able to power your home more affordably with GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Now, 
Fox News is showing Rand Paul as the number one person in the kitty table debate. Mm -hmm. uh, is he going to participate? Because he said he wasn't. I think the answer to that is no. No? Yeah, as far as I know. Okay. He, he said, I, know, he I said shan't no. do anything that yeah. isn't first tier, was, I believe, his uh, quote. He didn't say shan't, but the first tier thing was really his quote. Yeah. He's uh, doing a lot of things that aren't first tier. Mm, really? Like, yeah. uh, I don't like know, being a birther? birther mm. theory. Mm. Uh, Doesn't say first tier? That is not first tier huh. material right there. Mm. Not. Yeah, but he's perfectly qualified to be the Canadian Prime Minister. <laughs> oh. Good morning, everybody. I'm here all week. Try the wheel. I want to talk about weak. Oh, I mean, that is hideous. Uh, hideous. Ugh. That's And that's not as bad as what he went on to say about, right. well, well, I'm not a coach. Had he left it there and then... Moved yeah. on with, and then he like, moved on with. I don't know. Well, I'm not an expert in the Constitution. Is there a Constitution on that? Uh, well, con Constitution. I've never heard of this Constitution that you speak of. <laughs> it uh, sounds so interesting. we should look into it. Is that a recent thing? I'll take a look at that and get back to you. Have my people call yours. Embarrassing. It By is the way, the, you know they've asked pretty much everybody on this. You know who else is embarrassing? Carly Fiorina. Embarrassing yeah. on this topic, Donald yep. Trump. Embarrassing. embarrassing on this topic. The only two people who are making, who are honestly being honest about it, Jeb, Jeb Bush, and Marco, Marco Rubio. Rubio. I mean, good I, for them. That's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, but I appreciate it. But I do really appreciate. I that. give them both brownie points for that little stars on their yeah, forehead. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, you know, I'm not voting for Jeb Bush, but uh, you know, like yeah. he's being honest at least. Right. You know, so good. Good for him. Good for him. He wants to win on his merit. Which I think is great. Uh, you know, these other guys are trying to just trying to get Ted out of the race or something. Yeah. And and trying to create that doubt in your mind. Well, you can't vote for him because he's not a citizen. And maybe that's right. I don't know. No, it's not right. It's been proven. It's it's settled. Talk about settled. This thing is definitely settled. Like the science, not like the science of climate change, which is unsettled. Um, but the, the, the constitutionality of Ted Cruz running for president, definitely settled. Uh, meanwhile, Telegraph reports that oil could crash to $10 a barrel. Uh, and they're warning investment banks uh, that they may have to bear the brunt of this. Oil prices have crashed to a less than $30 a barrel. But I think they went back up, right, to 31 uh, Last I, it, I heard, yeah, I think it was thirty-one. But now saying they're now saying it could reach as low as ten dollars and bring down uh, the prices to levels that we haven't seen since uh, two thousand nine. Standard Chartered, uh, Standard Chartered became the latest major bank to downgrade its oil outlook to ten bucks, joining Goldman Sachs, RBS, and Morgan Stanley. Wow, uh, Brent crude has now slipped to a fresh twelve-year low of thirty point. Uh, $30.41 a barrel. It's back down to those levels, by the way. It had, uh, Is it? gone back up to about 31 but it's back down to 30.50. West Texas Intermediate, uh, U.S. benchmark, is trading at 29.93. It's uh, well, yeah. I thought you were talking about so. West WTI West uh, the, the West Texas uh, mm -hmm. situation. That's the that's the one America that's the uses. Intermediate. It's the one America yeah. uses. Though Brent is yeah. like in the UK. So um, the light sweet. Crude that yeah. you put on toppings for ice cream and stuff. Yes, which is delicious. That's, by that's the way. actually up because uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of people are now using it to flavor their Coca-Cola mm -hmm. too. Because I think uh, Coke just got rid of the aspartame, so they're using uh, the 
the light sweet crude right. instead. Right. Uh-huh. Delicious uh, sweetener. <laughs> Again, like I know we keep we keep harping on this. I'm just amazed by it. The yeah, idea it that we're paying this little for gas is like it's crazy. I just can't believe it. Paid? What? You what said, was the lowest you paid? The lowest I've paid is a dollar fifty-six. Yeah, because it was fifty-seven this morning. One fifty-seven, and, and just at the border. Yeah, Jeffy lives uh, about one hundred and fifty miles from Texas. here, <laughs> um, and uh, he wants me to bring him home tonight. Um, are you guys going on a date or something? We're, we are going to the movies. Um, oh, I don't know wow. what he very romantic. I mean, it's kind of tough for me to do the reach around with this arm, but I got one good one. Yeah, just make sure he sits on your left side. <laughs> All right, I'm not giving you a ride home after that comment. Uh, but we're going to see uh, 13 Hours. Uh, isn't it 13 Hours? Yes, it's called? yes. Uh, 13 Hours tonight, the Benghazi movie. I want to see that um, so bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know, I cannot. Yeah, it's not a, not a pet-friendly movie, apparently. Oh, this, but, yeah, uh, this was edited. Is it? We it's edited, edited, edited you. copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just only PG-13? All right. Hmm. Put okay. you up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I would love to. Yeah. I would, because it looks great. I hope it is. Really, really looks great. We do. I mean, I, I'm, Glenn uh, taught me something about movies a long time ago, um, which I hang on to this day, and it's been proved almost, almost exclusively accurate, which is you don't release movies in January mm-hmm. um, if they're good. And the, the exception to that rule is if American you release... American Sniper. Yeah, but American Sniper was not released yeah, in January. Released it was released it in December. Yeah. Um, and they, they released it in a grade. few. So there's artsy movies that come out in December to mm-hmm. get in for um, award season yeah. and then go wide release in January. Um, and American Sniper is a version of that. Um, and I hope this is the same case. I mean, this type of movie did well uh, when American Sniper... Came. That was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so last so. January, they had a hit like this, which was kind of a maybe conservative-leaning military movie. So hopefully they're just trying to replicate that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I haven't heard a ton of buzz about the, the reviews or anything like I that. Me either. But I think that's just because they don't want you to see this movie. It's a Benghazi mm-hmm. movie. They don't want to remind you about Benghazi. That's not uh, beneficial to Hillary right now. Right. You know, so I think that's probably the I think the, absolutely the that's what the deal is. Um, meanwhile, uh, what did you think of the NFL going back to Los Angeles? Yeah, pretty big deal, huh? Yeah, I can't believe... How fast that happened. I mean, I knew they were, they were going to talk about it. I expected this to drag on for months. Uh, but yesterday they voted 30-2 to two to bring back football to Los Angeles. It's about time. And it happens. And then they're, I guess the owner of the Rams that's moving from St. Louis to back to Los Angeles. Of course, it was Los Angeles Rams in the first place. Then they moved to St. Louis 21 years ago. Now they're moving back. And then they're going to build this beautiful stadium. And apparently this is just part of an incredible entertainment complex he's got planned. That looks pretty nice. Now, supposedly, that's being built with private funds. That's what I've heard, anyway. This really? Guy, yeah, apparently this guy's the second wealthiest owner in the NFL, $11 billion. And so he's got, you know, a fair amount of... Uh, I'm sure part of it is private funds, but I'm sure he's not doing it at all. I, I think there were big deals uh, tied into all those stadium projects. Yeah, that's well, I think the and they all NFL dry those cities, man. The they N- just take it. Is the NFL contributing? Or I heard about a moving, a moving fee. I was unclear though when I watched uh, the report because I came in on it late. Whether they were paying the NFL a moving fee or whether the NFL was paying $500 million to their... They are paying a moving fee. They're paying a, a, a moving fee yes. to the NFL. Yeah, $550 million, or $556 million, I think Jeez. it was. And they were talking about how... Then uh, you build this? Yeah, that's why I think there are lots of public Oof. funds, at least, I, at least the last I heard on these projects. Um, what, what's amazing about it is mm. it was, I think, 
mid-2000s, they were talking about entire franchises being sold for $500 million, or it was like a billion dollars. And now just the fee to move your team is over $500 million. That's amazing. Um, but th they're saying two teams likely to go there. Um, the way they have it set up is Rams go first for sure. And then the uh, Chargers have uh, a year to decide whether they're going to go. Now, they want to go, just a matter of <laughs> if they can make the yeah. deal work for them. Uh, and then if they say no, the, the Raiders. Raiders have the chance uh, to go as well. Mm -hmm. Likely, I think the Chargers are going to take it. They're the ones that I think were most likely to go in the first place. Um, so you've gone from none back to two, apparently. Yep. Looks One way or another, way. it looks like it's going to be two more two football teams in Los Angeles. I do not like the Los Angeles Chargers. They, I don't like that. I either. want them to be San Diego Chargers. I really I, want. I really that do. To um, stay. The Raiders, of course, the Raiders were in Los Angeles, so like yeah, both of the it was a Rams and Raiders again. I, it kind of like feels a little bit over, all right. Yeah. The Los Angeles Chargers. No. No. They're San yeah. Diego. Right. It just feels weird. And San Diego is a big enough city. It's a it's a great city. It, yeah. it should have an NFL football team. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what, what is going on in San Diego that they feel like they have to move. Well, I know they have a big uh, issue with the stadium there. The stadium apparently not good. Well, well build a new one. Well, I mean, I guess, you, you know. know that's shut the up. Quit your whining and don't expect the city to pay for it for you. I know. I hate that. I, that pisses me off. I'm the, well, the city hasn't voted to build us a new stadium, so we have to move. Shut up. Yep. Suck it up. You rich bastard, and pay pay for your own stadium. Yeah, I, I honestly have no problem with this logic at all. I, in fact, I, I pisses me off. As I'm one of the biggest sports fans, and certainly NFL is my top sport. But there is absolutely the fans no not have to pay reason for, that. for any public dollars None. to go to not, any not a of these stadiums. Not one dime. Not a dime. Like, you know, the when I lived in Houston, they had the Houston Sports Authority, and they did the same thing. They they tried to get you know all these bills and all these. Uh, all these taxes applied and all of these ways that the public would pay for stadiums and building the the football stadium and the baseball stadium and the soccer stadium. And there's no reason for that. Why? Why would you do that? Look, I, the, the, all the fans pay hundreds of dollars in most cases just for the privilege of sitting in one of those chairs. You want their tax dollars to also go to pay for the for, for the building of the stadium where you put the chair? No, I'm sorry. No. It's, it's just wrong and should not happen in the United States of America. And it shouldn't happen to franchises that are flush with cash. shouldn't happen in the NFL that makes $9 billion a year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know. Ridiculous. These franchises are worth so much. Yeah. Um, there's just no reason for it. I mean, you know, the people who go to the games should be the people paying for it. That's the people who, who, you know, when you go, you have a, a stadium, the, the owner invests in a stadium, mm -hmm. makes it as nice as he thinks he can get away with to mm -hmm. justify the ticket charges. And would, would ticket prices go up? Yeah. But is it right um, uh, for the person who's going to a game to pay a little bit more, or is it right to charge someone who will never step foot in the stadium money to build it? It's absurd how anyone thinks that's sense. a good idea. It doesn't make any it's, sense It's absolutely crazy. The problem, of course, is we have a system where... Government is expected to do things like this, and if um, you know if the you know the the local stadium comes and says, "Look, we don't want to do it," the local city says, "We don't want to build you a stadium." The teams will move and go somewhere else, and people are like, "Well, I don't want to lose our team. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to lose the team either. I would hate it if if my favorite team moved." Um, but that does not justify public dollars. It doesn't. It do it doesn't. And apparently, this it doesn't look that good for the Raiders right now. They they say they don't have a home anymore in Oakland. 
And uh, so they're they're talking about moving to uh, one of the places was San Antonio, which I can't imagine. Uh, that would be weird. San Antonio the Raiders. Work, so. the because San the Spurs Antonio have the colors. Raiders. Uh, no, it doesn't work for me. I, I, no. It should not happen. It should be, you know, they should have never left Oakland, happen. and then they should have never left Los Angeles, and then now right. they shouldn't leave Oakland again. It's like, <laughs> I, I like that. There's something about the feel and the Oakland, way it is. Yes. Yes. Like, well, Oakland we feels up. right. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I grew up with L.A., the L.A. Raiders. I mean, you know, they were the L.A. Raiders for how long? I mean, Long time. It was a long time. I think they moved in the 80s, right? Early 80s? Um, yeah, so. For Los Angeles? Because mm -hmm. uh, I know that Marcus Allen played for the Raiders in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. So that was and early yeah, to that, was, that 82 Super Bowl was the Los Angeles Raiders, right? Yeah. Against uh, the Redskins, um, which so. has, by the way, one of the greatest runs of all time by Marcus Allen uh, in that Super Bowl, um, where he oh, yeah. went left and in reverse field, came all the way back to the right, then went all the way for a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of, the greatest, one of the greatest plays in NFL history, I think, because especially because of the timing of it and, and what it meant in that game. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I would say yes. I mean, I don't yes. know if it matches up to the David Tyree catch, which is probably one of the best, probably the best play in the history of the NFL. Where he trapped it against his helmet. That's, I, you know. The, the, only one, the only one where I put it on, on, on that level, which is, uh, uh, this is, you know, we're going to go to break here in a second, so we'll stop our football talk. But mm -hmm. the, the most underrated play potentially in NFL history is the play, um, the Santonio Holmes catch. Um, uh, against uh, uh, in the corner of the end zone from Ben Roethlisberger at the end of that Super Bowl. Oh yeah, tremendous. It, I I, I was you know I was looking at it from the opposite corner end zone. It didn't even look possible he got his feet down. I still mm -hmm. this moment I have no idea how the hell he made that catch yeah, and won a game over it. Yeah, I mean really, and and you know look at with Roethlisberger's built a hell of a career. I mean he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he's going to wind up being mm -hmm. pretty easily a Hall mm -hmm. of Fame quarterback. Two Super Bowls already. Uh, the, this win this past week was—I mean, no one's given him a lot of credit for it because Cincinnati was so stupid with their penalties at the end of the game. But really, mm -hmm. it was an amazing. The guy could barely even move his arm, yeah. and went out there and, and had a game-winning drive in a playoff game. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More Pat and Stu coming up. Yeah, deal with it. According to Mental Floss, there are uh, we, a list of six things that you didn't know were paid for by a lottery. Yeah, the big Powerball thing going on tonight. I got my tickets. Jeffy? Uh, I'm ready to How go. How do you have? Ready to go. You seem like the, the perfect lottery target, right? You know, you know slovenly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not, not too smart. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of just like hoping that someone else is going to pay your way. Like right. You tried to do this with your son and cash him in as a lottery ticket. Unfortunately, he's a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, I could not uh, do that. So, yeah, this is right up his nice. alley, right? I haven't talked to my son in a while. It'd be <laughs> nice to talk to him, I guess, someday. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you win the lottery, maybe, maybe he'll speak to you again. Mm -hmm. uh, how many, how many <laughs> lottery tickets do you have? Do you just buy one? or? Well, I've got to win something or I won't be able to you know, make the lease payment. The house. <laughs> but, uh, I believe that. Uh, how many did you buy? 
Well, I mean, my, my well, guess is I mean, 20. <laughs> no? Too high? Really? 20? Yeah, about 20. No? And you can't win anything with 20. How many do you buy? I want to know. I only buy usually about a couple. How many? Two Just tell us. Like Two to five? Okay. Two to five. Um, so I think I, my wife may have purchased some for the house. I think my father-in-law probably purchased a couple. So I don't know how many are so you probably have about 20 in your house. 10 to 20 in your house. I went, I, I went uh, the other day, and this shows you how uh, often I play the lottery, which is uh, only like whenever I think of it, which is only mm-hmm. when it's in the news. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, like, I'm not one of those people who say, oh, I don't want to play it for $30 million. I'll only play it when it's a billion. I mean, $30 million would be great, too. I just don't think about it. I know it's a terrible um, odds play. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I don't, I, I don't feel like it honestly is a hassle to go look to see if the numbers are right. So, like, oh, I only like, I like participating when it gets like this, though. It's fun. Um, so I was at uh, one of the um, you know, convenience store the other day, and I was like, I, and people were talking about it, and the guy in front of me happened to buy it, which reminded me. And I'm like, ah, give me uh, 10 of those quick picks for that thing. And, uh, and he's like, you know, it's $2 a piece, which I did not know. Did that, yeah. When did that start? It was, I thought it was $1. Well, it's 2 and 4 the, with the power play, and then you can up it with the, with the extra Did two, you say, so. oh, my God, no. Right. Well, no, then right. I can't. Right. No, I didn't. And that's kind of the point. It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> I was, it's, it's, it was it $10 of entertainment? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hey, how about you give me what so. I asked for and yeah. shut up? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's None your, your pa- business, pal? Just right. give me the tickets. What's the $3 right. option, though? They didn't even, they didn't even like, try to upsell me to that. Is there a $3 option? Yeah, because yeah, is- it gives you a, a bigger payout with the power play number, I think. I think that's where you get your money from. Wait, right? you could get more than one and a half billion? No, I think like the lower payouts. No, the get lower higher. payouts oh, get more. Because like I won the, uh, the the tickets that I had, I got ten tickets, and I won. Uh, I hit the uh, mm. Powerball twice, I think. Right. So I got eight dollars, mm. um, and which the eight dollars I then reinvested into four more tickets for tonight's drawing. Because I'm like, I don't really want to. So how many total? Yeah. So now I have four. Four for tonight. All together. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not going to win. And neither no, are I'm you, not. Jeffy. And neither is anyone. I am too. Shut neither up. is anyone you know, no one in this state, no one you've ever heard of, no one will ever win this lottery. Uh, some person in I will say in butt cheese, Wisconsin will will say, I won the lottery and I won it with fourteen of my friends and they'll they'll all have to split the five hundred million dollars and it's hardly anything at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, it's nothing. You know? I will say um uh, a friend of mine when I was in I think fourth or fifth grade, his dad won the lottery and the big prize. He won eight oh, million wow. eight million dollars. Really? Yeah. Uh what do you do with it? Uh, his name was Randy. He was um uh he, he quit his job? You know, I, he was a good. He was like a good friend of mine when I was like really young, and, and like I, maybe it was like sixth or seventh grade because I, I wasn't as close with him when it actually happened. Um, but uh, I remember him telling me about it, and it was and his parents were divorced, so it was his dad who won. And I don't, mm. I, I don't remember really what happened after that. I lost touch with him a long, long time ago. But I remember like holy crap! It was like I think it was the Connecticut lottery, you know, like not the Powerball or anything. It was just Connecticut. Is that the one where they have that jingle? You can't win. If you don't play, that one. <laughs> they, all, they all had that. They all have that? used that phrase for oh. a while, yeah. Because when they set up the Florida lottery, they brought in the lady that started the lottery <laughs> in the Midwest. And then she moved to Georgia. I mean, that's a good yeah. gig. They one of, one of the states I've up. lived in advertises it a lot. Yeah, and I Florida think it was, does, too. I think it's Connecticut. I Florida it's used Connecticut. to, anyway, while I was there. Big. And they, you know, they sold it as um, helping education. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, of course, that's and, how it's always and, so and, and elderly. They did. Yeah. The money absolutely goes to education. But what they failed to tell you was that all the money appropriated from our legislature already mm -hmm. going to uh, education, mm -hmm. uh, that we took that out and we're sending that someplace else. Uh, we're not. Everybody thought that they were just, that would be bonus money. No. Uh -uh. We never said that. Yeah. That money's gone. Right. That's Very, pathetic. I know. It's pathetic. Yeah, I know. So disingenuous. Uh, what a surprise from the government. <laughs> but here's a few things that were funded by the lottery that you probably didn't know about. Uh, the Great Wall of China. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Around 200 B.C., I will not say, I refuse, and it's written here, B.C.E., before common era. No. 200 years before Christ. <laughs> the Western Han Dynasty used a lottery to pay uh, repairs to and expansion of the Great Wall. Okay, hmm. well, that's different than actually building the wall itself. They yeah, created I'm pretty a, sure Mexico paid for that thing yeah, in the beginning. Well, yeah, Mexico yes. and management, I think, did. <laughs> yeah, and it was called They Have a Country. They Have a Country. And, and that's what, that's what Han said. Thank you. He said, look, uh, people, it's called We Have a Country, and the Mexicans will pay for it. <laughs> And so they built it, and then and then they repaired it with the with the kino they were playing. Um, it was called the White Pigeon Game, named for birds that carried results from village to village. Jeff, have you ever spent any time in a casino playing kino? A little bit. I mean, I don't play uh, kino because I don't know that I understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those games. I spend. I, it's first of all a very depressing way to spend your time at a casino. And I like to. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Pat a little knowledge here, as he's not in this world and doesn't want to be. In no, this but world. I know Keno's big in Montana. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting world. They have casinos, but it's not full casino thing. Right. You know, okay. it's, it's right. not Las Vegas casinos. So it's the it's the it's the trailer park casinos. Right. Where you can go in and play kino. Right. So I've seen it before. So, so they have this, the way you play Keno is you put on, it's it just like, they have 80 numbers and the balls come out, right? Right. And like you could, they pick like, I don't know, 15 numbers or something. I don't remember how many. And you can pick like, I want to match 10 numbers. And you pick 10 numbers and you get the card. Mm -hmm. And then it's one of those things where you can, if you get all 10, you obviously would win this huge prize. But if you get like five, you win something. Or four, you win something. And five, you win something. And six, you win more. And seven, you win more. And then also, if you get zero, you win something. Or if you get one, you win something. So like, mm -hmm. the only thing you can't do is get like two to four. And every time you get two to two four. To four. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you just look at this like, I know I, I know mathematically they figured this out. Absolutely. They didn't just like mm -hmm. make this game up with and not know mm -hmm. what the odds were. But you look at it, you're like, I've got to win something, right? No. You will not. <laughs> Trust me. You will sit there for hours, uh, and it will be very boring, and then you will just lose. So <laughs> just a little advice. You just described all forms of gambling, right? <laughs> no, there. that's not no, true. That's, that's just true. fun. That's like, craps true. is fun when you lose your money. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the number two thing you didn't know about is? The roads to Rome. Uh, all roads may lead to Rome, but not all roads can be maintained without spare change from uh, the lower people. Um, and uh, Civil War, Augustus instituted a lottery system to pay for repairs of cool. the damaged infrastructure. All right. How about the Jamestown col colony? Uh, you could say that America itself is the offspring of a lottery. In order to finance the privately held Virginia Company of London, King James I granted the company the authority to hold a lottery to raise funds for a grand exposition. Mm. Proceeds were used to create Jamestown, first English colony in the New World. How, How about, about that? Yeah. How about the Ivy League? Um, during the 1700s, many of them raised money for new buildings or dormitories through lotteries, uh, including uh, Yale, Harvard, Dartmouth, uh, and uh, the forerunners to Columbia and the University of Pennsylvania. 
Uh, the Continental Army, financed in part by lottery, uh, running out of money to continue the revolution. The Continental Congress authorized a national lottery to raise cash for the fight. Uh, Washington bought the first ticket. Fell short of its $10 million goal, but individual colonies did well financing their militias. Uh, Massachusetts itself earned 750000 to provide bonuses for new volunteers. Washington, D.C., cool. uh, Congress approved a $100,000 jackpot in 1823. They put it towards uh, restoring and expanding Washington, D.C. After the winners were drawn, the broker con uh, contracted to conduct the lottery uh, took all the money, which is a, it's a real surprise in Washington, D.C. Yeah. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. More patents stew is uh, on the way. This is also paid for by a lottery. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, Jeffy's salary is. Um, unfortunately, he yeah. loses it. Right. Uh, he loses the lottery every year, so he gets nothing. The Tito chip. According to the uh, Daily Mail, the midlife crisis doesn't exist. So there goes your excuse, Jeffy. And besides, midlife for you was 145 <laughs> years ago. Ish. Yeah. Give or yeah, take 50, 100, 60 100, years. 100 is the new Easy. 40. Yeah, well, so for you, right I mean, please. And we're actually happier in our 40s than we were at 18, according to a new study. Now, is that true? I, I would say being in midlife... Uh, am I happier than I was at 18? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, it's different. In some it? ways, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I, I am because I've got, you know, my, my family, of course, I, my wife. In some ways, you're happier, I guess, now because you're more settled and, you know, some of the problems that you argued about before, you don't anymore. Uh, your kids uh, are a source of enjoyment now hopefully oh, instead man, of a source of nightmares when they're teens uh I, you know you're probably making more money and that's definitely the case than when i was 18 um you know so those things are good but then you know you develop some of the other problems too like the back issues and the arthritis and in your case the syphilis the gonorrhea herpes herpes the, yeah, you can't get rid of that you can't get rid of crabs i mean is there a is there a socially contracted disease that you don't currently have? Any you're trying to get? I mean, I nothing is flaring up right now. Okay, all right. So everything's yeah. fairly well yeah, in remission. Oh, yeah, since the shoulder surgery. Since the shoulder surgery, everything's kind of. No, it, it does happen though. I mean, I, I think like you know, you have family. You know, you you wind up having kids, and and, mm -hmm. and that's uh, obviously enjoyable, and except for people like that. Not really. Um, you wow. have, uh, and you're in your peak earning years. It's probably in your 40s. Is probably the time you are most likely to be able to pay your bills, and yeah. you know, maybe uh, go on vacations yeah. and buy things that you might like. Um, you're you know maybe settled into a home life. Where you're 18, like you have the possibilities. Like you feel like anything can happen. Like you, you know, you're, you're feeling like maybe I will make the NFL. <laughs> like those things right. are still in your head. And when you're 18, you're under a lot less stress because you don't have any responsibility, right? Or right. very little. Yeah. You know. Right. You, but I mean, you're still you're still trying to figure out how to talk to girls if that's your thing. Yeah. Uh, you're still trying to figure out. Uh, 
you know, how to, what you're going to do with your job, how you're going to live your life, how you're going to get away from mommy and daddy. I was only, I was already doing my career by the time I was 18, so I, I, I kind of had that. I was starting to realize that, you know, because I, I got it into it initially to earn money for college and other things and uh, wound up thinking up probably about the time I was 18. Well, wait, um, I'm already you know, doing earning it. a living here. Yeah, so why it. bother? Why bother? Yeah. Very so, similar to my uh, path there, Pat. Uh, same thing. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, very uh -huh. moved away early, got into uh, do, doing some radio and liking it a lot and just kept uh, and doing it. And then you it start realizing, well, wait a minute. How am I going to go to do that? Right. This is, so I'm going to spend money so I can hopefully get this job again? Yeah, I, I could spend three years sense. of my life and tens of thousands of dollars to hopefully score this same gig. <laughs> uh, and right? really, if you went to broadcast school, that's yeah. what would happen. Oh, yeah. That's what would happen. But at least it's short. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people go to, to college and spend, you know, for four years and spend a fortune. And, and, and what was it the president said last night? People deserve not to have any college debt. What? What? Wait. No. They deserve not to have debt from college? Why? Why do they deserve that? Who deserves? So. Is that a constitutional right? Is that written somewhere I haven't seen? Uh, no teenager or young adult should ever have college debt. Well, if they go to college and they haven't earned enough money for it, if they deserve not to have the debt, maybe you earn the money before you go to college then and pay it off. Yeah. Or, I don't know, come up with a system where, like, you have a school that is involved with the government that costs a lot less for residents or something. Yeah, something. Oh, I wait, don't know. you have but that. Wait, it's called the state it. university <laughs> true. system, which already exists. Uh, so, wait, but I should be able to go to Harvard for free. No, no screw no, off. you shouldn't. Yeah, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that. Although, logic. if Harvard decides, hey, you know what? We have a $32 billion endowment, and every student we have here could go to school for free on that, for the next 25 years, and you want to make that decision yourself, go ahead. I mean, the government shouldn't be involved. I got to say, and I know this is going to be popular in this room, but I think one of the the other way you could go is to take this Powerball jackpot. You divide uh -huh. it up by everybody in America. Each person gets 4.33 million dollars. Poverty solved. <laughs> that was a meme on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> talked about it the other day, but uh, pretty amazing. Uh, what would it be now? You'd be up to like eight million dollars a piece. Right? <laughs> At, at some point, well, it, according to Common Core math, you'd yeah. be up to over a hundred million each. How many people have to lose in a row before that becomes a good idea? If they lose about a thousand drawings in a row. We might be saying, you know what? Maybe we should do that. <laughs> it's gonna be like twenty thousand dollars a person. Let's go for it. Yeah, it'd be nice. All right. Uh, so anyway, I, I guess people are happier in their forties than in, than they are at eighteen, according to this study. Do you buy that? So mm, in the end, yeah. do you buy that? Kind of. Whatever. It has, I'm waiting for the Powerball to break 1.6. Will you be billion. happier if the power, Powerball does break 1.6 billion? Yes. Okay. Happier than when you were 18? Oh my God. Can't even remember that while ago. It's so long for you. Is that 1846?